Hi, I'm Brendan Gary, and welcome to The Breakdown. We're talking about science, psychology, and finance. Today's topic, cryptocurrency. And I'm here with Paul Ward and Paul, crypto trader. Tell us, first of all, what is cryptocurrency for those out there? And, and I don't know if it's, it's best related to like a stock market kind of a comparison or just something standalone. How would you describe it? Well, I think initially when you're talking about it, I guess to get people to wrap their heads around it, you want to compare it to the stock market because it moves and it functions like the stock market. However, I think if you're looking at the big picture and you're looking at what are cryptocurrencies, what does it mean to me, uh, just as a person that doesn't care about investing or stock market trading, um, it's going to be a new way of life in terms of how money functions uh, between people to people, how you purchase for things. Um, You're looking at a scaling back of tangible currency and now a scaling up of more of a digital modern way to do transactions. And and how did you discover cryptocurrency, first of all? So I actually first heard about it when Bitcoin came around. This was like 2011. And uh, it sounded fun. Uh, It was more of like a a gambling online type of thing. It was worth like not even a penny at the time. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But honestly, at the time, I was like, this will never go anywhere. I heard about it when it was probably 500. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like when you looked at it fundamentally, what it meant, it was like, this is great, but this is in in my mind, it was like, this is like 50 years down the road. Fast forward four or five years later, that's when I finally was like, I took notice and and I jumped in. And so um, I I really had to just kind of train myself up on, on not only what it was, but how I can utilize it in my personal life. And that, that brings me to the next point. So, so you discover this, you think it's going to take, you know, like you said, 50 years before something like this really catches on. It catches on a lot quicker. How do you end up using it to, to, your, to your advantage? And how do you end up using it to, to purchase things or sell goods? Or It took a while. It took a while because when I first jumped in, this was about, I want to say 2015. Uh, 2015, it was, there was still not a lot of information, so it was like teaching myself. Um, but um, really, once I kind of figured out how I can just even get it for myself, right, um, using um, exchanges, actually a lot of them were international exchanges at the time. Um, once I figured out how to because get it. In the U.S., you couldn't at that time, right? You had to use the international exchange or you could, you just chose to use international. Yeah, I, to- I chose to use international. You could at the time. However, there just wasn't, like the United States hadn't woken up yet. Okay. So that's why I remember walking around, people thought I was a crazy person talking about cryptos because they were like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's digital currency, you know? Um, but yeah, so it took a while to... Um, really be able to get some for myself and be able to use it. And uh, I'll I'll be honest, um, you know, I hoarded all my cryptocurrency. It took me at least a couple of years to finally try to do a transaction. So I do it now on a daily basis. Right. So kind of cautious to get in on that. Um, You know, how many, now there's cryptos come and go. Right. Okay. So not to ask you how many there have been so far. But how many are there now? How many cryptocurrencies are we looking at out there now? And just kind of a number and then some of, some of the more well-known cryptos and what they're what they're used for. Because from what I understand, some are a little different mm-hmm. uh, 
than others. Yeah, so I mean, when we first got in, it was like, you had Bitcoin. You had the Bitcoin blockchain, you had, that was it, right? Uh, I remember when I first really took my dive in, I mean, there was less than 50. Okay. Now we're talking, I would, a couple years ago, I remember there was about 4,000. I would go to say there's probably 10 to 20,000 at this point. Wow, I didn't know there was that many. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of differences depending on the blockchain that they sit on, depending on who's the, who are the people behind it. Um, but yeah, there's quite a bit now. It's, it's really not that difficult to make your own crypto, to make your own blockchain if you have the right people that know how to do it. And, and to, to actually kind of side into that question too, because so we've talked about crypto and we've described what that is and how it's used. Blockchain, mm -hmm. what is that? So. The easiest way to understand it is the blockchain is the system that runs it all. So the cryptocurrency itself is kind of what sits on the blockchain, right? So the, the, that's just the system, it's the skeleton, it's what it's the moving part. It's the, uh, so you have the cryptocurrency that you can put any cryptocurrency that you want on whatever blockchain you want, um, but you need a system to manage it, right. to move it. And so that's essentially uh, without getting too technical, that's what the blockchain is. The blockchain is basically what it uses to, to move. And right. Kind of, okay. right. That's interesting. Now, you had told me one of the ones I had been recommended by you because I was more into stocks. And I'm still more into stocks now. And I want to get uh, kind of a perspective on, on how you feel because you had given me a recommendation, XLM, which is done very well. And I uh, appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but you also do your research. Right, right. And so I, since I... I, I ended up staying more with stocks. How, as far as crypto goes, how would you, since they're, 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 they're different, you know, each crypto can be different from the other right, functions. Right, right. How would you go about in, in doing the investigating to find out which cryptos might be one that would be better suited for you? Right, so um, I, you, I always tell everybody, you gotta do your due diligence. Yeah. Um, so it starts with what's called the white paper. So you can, the white paper is essentially, if somebody's gonna release a cryptocurrency, they want to look at the white paper because it tells from A to Z exactly what that currency is. It says, uh, you know, when it's gonna be released, what the function is, who's behind it. And so essentially you wanna look at that. So unfortunately, you know, some of these currencies, there are organizations and people behind them, okay? Especially as we're getting more into uh, mainstream use. Right. Um, you're getting organizations. So, for example, um, you want to look at how, um, what the percentage of individual whoever's behind it, how many they hold. Okay. Um, because essentially, let's just put it this way: let's say you put an investment into a cryptocurrency and you find out that the person that created it lost seventy-five percent of what exists. That means they could just run with their money right. and crash it and end the process. Right. So certain things like that, that you want to look at. But mo most importantly, what I tell people is: does it make sense to you? Um, is it something that you can put your money in and get behind? Um, so to me, that's the first thing I look at: is, is does it make sense? Do I understand what it's doing? And where do people find, where will they find the white paper? Any any cryptocurrency, any legitimate cryptocurrency will have uh, their own website and it's usually the first thing that you So it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Now, that kind of pivots me also because I was I was watching uh, the Daily Journal, um, their annual report that came out in February. And Charlie Munger, who works with Warren Buffett, he, you know, I'm sure you've heard the name. You're probably maybe one or both names. He's not at all Charlie Munger 
for cryptocurrency. Right. Uh, I won't state the words that he said, <laughs> but essentially, um, you know, he's an older investor. Um, not for him. Why? Why the disconnect between some of the younger investors being so able and, and excited about it, and the older investors not so much? For me, um, a lot. My experience. I've done a lot of presentations. I've done a lot of investors. Um, my experience has been just a lack of understanding. It's kind of like, um, and, and I don't want to, to to make it sound bad that, you know, because you're older, you're not going to get it. It's right. definitely not that. It's just the difference between, let's say, somebody had an 8-track right. set player back in the day, and then all of a sudden making that jump to CDs. It's like, I don't get it. I, I, I'm going to stick to what I know. And so that tends to be the, the situation in terms of, um, if they don't get it because they don't understand it. So that's where generally I like to come in and say, stop the file and explain it to you. And through that conversation, sometimes they start, they, they get interested. Right. So they open up. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. And, and what do what do mainstream institutions think of cryptocurrency? And, that, and I want to go from that and also China after that. But first, um, mainstream institutions, I mean, it's going to be different for institution, but is there kind of a lean that they're becoming, getting more on board, or is it still kind of split, or what are you seeing? It's there's a shift that's finally taking. Okay, finally. Um, I, you know, before if we even go back just two years ago, um, they wanted nothing to do with, it, right. um, especially banks, um, big uh, institutions. But again, it comes back with that education of kind of seeing the actual use and utilization of what you know how they can actually apply it to their own uh, organization so what's happening is you're starting to see the shift okay. you're starting to see that individuals globally and that's that's what i that's one thing i have to say is that i think about uh i think about cryptocurrencies on a global basis right. you know and to think stock market on like a national, national. basis mm-hmm. so globally companies are coming around and so now U.S. companies are starting to awaken and starting to use it. Um, it's, but like you said, are they split? Yeah, a lot of them still are split. And there's been some, so that's interesting. So global companies kind of coming on board gradually, and then U.S. companies kind of taking a first or second look at it. China, and what's going on with China? Cryptocurrency. So China, they have actually banned cryptocurrency, I believe, for the second time now. Um, in my opinion, uh, in the opinion of a lot of people uh, involved in crypto, they like to have a more of a control okay. in terms of their economic situation. And so by control, because there's a lot of investors in China that have made a lot of money. As a matter of fact, they call them whales, right? They're yeah. the ones that hold the big the big right. amounts of cryptocurrency. A lot of those guys exist um, in China. And that's almost a, uh, a threat to their economy because now you're having... Um, and so that would allow them to lose control. But rather than allow that, they've chosen to just flat out ban it, um, try to gain, garner that control. Um, but again, it's twice. Uh, even though they, it is banned, it's still, uh, I think it's still, I think it's like its way around. Yeah. Now, how do you, how do you feel? And, and just, this is kind of an interesting question. And, and, and it might it might give people more perspective too, just just on a on a day to day basis, and, and how of ease of using cryptocurrency. 
how do you feel just compared to using the dollar? You know, using, you know, your checking account or, you know, what, how, do, how do you compare the two? Just as safe, a little less safe? How do you feel compared? It's just as safe, especially now that you have organizations that are creating an infrastructure to make it uh, just as legitimate, so to speak. Um, so, I mean, every day we use credit cards, right? Every day we do uh, online bill pay, the same thing. Um, just to give you an idea, I have a couple of crypto credit cards, debit cards. And so essentially what happens is when I go to um, do a transaction to buy a coffee, I swipe it, the organization, the company that I'm buying from has no idea that I just use currency. Interesting. I didn't know those are out there. So yeah. what are these again? These are so you can get debit cards, credit cards, and so I love using them personally because, for example, I have a debit card that every time I use it, it's being rewards like regular credit card right. and the rewards are cryptocurrency. So it's kind of like you're using it, you're spending money, but turn. So uh, the infrastructure is there um, now that you've had major organizations like Visa, Mastercard jump on board um, and allow it. It's I have no idea that it would be used. So, really. And then th this, this is going to kind of be an A and B question as well, because what are some of the other uses of cryptocurrencies? And then I want to talk about the way it's fallen back. Right. right. So I want to talk about the pullback that it's done. And we'll get into some numbers so people can kind of know, you know, it shot up during the pandemic. And we'll talk about where we where we work. Right. I know. And then we'll, where it's pulled back. But, but I also, I want to first talk about what are some of the other functions because that gets into that area. So what are some of the other functions? So the, the blockchain itself, it's, it's right now it's a store, uh, There's it's being seen as a store of value monetarily, right? Because it's so new and people are putting money, there's a fluctuation, right? But in actuality, it's really like a digital piece of memory. So you're talking about one of the, the big things that I like to think about, for example, this is a global infrastructure that's that uh, sits on this ledger, right? The, we call the blockchain. It's going to change things like the medical industry. It's going to change things like education, um, because what it does is not only is it a uh, have a value monetarily, it's also it holds memory, it's information. So just imagine this. You know, right now, if you go across the country and you have a, a medical incident, think about the time that it takes just to get a file on, on your history, right? Unfortunately, right. fax machine, email, right. phone call. Uh, whereas with cryptocurrency, because it stores that information, imagine a medical industry that functions on the blockchain, that you have a medical incident in Australia, and they're instantly able to pull your information. They're able to see everything about you so they can make decisions on what you so a, a huge uh, thing to consider is that right now it's it's a uh, it's an investment, but later on it's going to be more of a use case, be more of a, a tool that's going to uh, token utilize um, for any kind of industry that wants to store information. Okay. And that gets me kind of pivot back to the the first part because if you talk about that, so you're kind of getting out of areas of just simple transactions, right? Right. And getting into more information, but which is good, but the volatility of it. Right. So, so where do we peak? Or just, you know, Bitcoin is just a reference, I see, because that's one most people have heard of. Where did we peak around the pandemic? What was the high? I believe it was about sixty-eight, sixty-nine thousand. Okay. Right. Okay. And then we pulled back. I think now we're sitting at around forty-four. 
Yeah, something like that. Somewhere the in the 40s. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Which is crazy. It is. And, but what is that volatility? Does that affect or does it help or hinder the usefulness in other areas? You know, right now, this is the reason why it's a good investment. Okay. Because if you learn how to ride those waves, you're smart about big money. What's going to happen is it's trying to gain stable footing, right? So once it gains that stable footing, that volatility disappears and it becomes less of a, of a tool of investment and more of a... Useful. Uh, yeah, exactly. So the US dollar, right? I mean, you see the US dollar, even though we say this is $1, we know that it's really not $1, right? right? Um, so it's just not as extreme in terms of those weight. So the more widely accepted yes. it becomes through institutions and countries... You think that'll reduce some of the volatility? Absolutely. And then, of course, we have things like the stable coins that are starting like, So stable coins are banks and organizations that have coins that don't have volatility, but they function on the blockchain. That way, people have more secure, ease of mind, uh, ways of utilizing the blockchain. Is that one, one of the stable coins? Because if you look at some of the, the charts that give you the latest prices, there's one USD. Is that is that one that the, the United States government is going to make, or is that one that's just kind of a marker off to get a baseline of what they're valued to the dollar? So essentially, yeah. So when you look at the one that normally is valued to the dollar, it's called Tether. Okay. So Tether's usually sits at one dollar, maybe a dollar any minute. Okay. Supposed to be essentially one to one. Okay. So if there's no volatility, um, like the dollar is supposed to. Right. Um, it just makes uh, people and the country itself more willing to utilize that as a, like you said, or function for utilization of information. Or also saying, hey, I have a cryptocurrency that's always going to represent a dollar. So rather than, oh, it's a dollar today and tomorrow, it's be dollars. Okay. So maybe for something like that, you may gravitate for more stability if you want to at this moment. Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. And what what initially piqued your interest in crypto? I'm a geek at heart. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, kind of going back though, I, I I first got involved in the stock market during the second 2008. I remember I was just in college, and uh, I was using my student loan by stock. And and I, and I and I made a killing because I was like everybody was freaking out. It was everything was red and but it was know, on sale. Yeah, I saw it was like it was on sale. So as a kid, I was like, I, you know, I'm gonna buy this stuff. And I and when the market rebounded, I made a bunch of money. And so that opened my eyes to the idea of if you learn something um, and you're smart about it, you can really make it work. Right. And so when I saw going back to what we spoke about about Bitcoin, when I saw that this store of value or up and coming store of value went from less than a penny to at the time when I got into it, I think it was about six, seven dollars. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> and so automatically that piqued my interest of okay, where's where, where's this now? Look at where it's gone in just a couple of years. Where's it gonna be in the Right. And then how has that allowed you to kind of change your life? I know there's it's allowed you to kind of branch out into some areas as well. Well I mean for one, financially uh financial stability for myself when I started doing it I was a teacher. and so yeah, yeah I was a teacher and so um, I've helped a lot of people to, to go from living paycheck to paycheck to being able to um, now have a pretty good nest egg built up for them 
Um, but it's really helped me in terms of um, just feeling more I guess, being able to do things that I would have never been able to do on a teacher's salary, right, so to speak. Right, for sure. Um, and, and you said it made you enjoy teaching more yeah, at the time I when you were doing it. well, but still teaching. Right. Yeah. And then so even now, I mean, I went from teaching to administrative positions. I ended up being a director. Uh, but then I decided I had my two businesses that I was able to open as a result of my investment. And I came to the point where I said, I don't need to be, I don't need to be in the education field anymore. Right. I can focus on my business. So now that's what I do full time. So um, it really opened a lot of doors. And you've got, what are the two businesses that you're able to get from crypto? So I actually have a, a record label, but I'm actually opening up two uh, music production schools. Uh, so kind of intertwining the thing there. Okay. Um, and also have a, a guitar company, Build Manufacturer. Exciting. Yeah. That's, that's pretty neat. So what, where would you recommend people go? I mean, there's a lot of information I know that you mentioned, for example, if you're, if you're doing your due diligence, which everybody should understand, right. you know, check out the white sheet, yeah. I believe it was called, that each crypto has mm -hmm. its own. But where would people go to just, if they want to kind of find a jumping off point, what are some sites that they can go to? And if they want to learn a little bit more, if they like it, what are some of those areas they can get into? So one of the ones that I like, I've been recommending them forever, and I think it's because they've established a real sense of legitimacy. Um, I would go to Coinbase. And now I heard people people that tell me not to pay this. And the reason is because Coinbase it was uh, one of those things that initially it was kind of like developed mm -hmm. against, you know, the dollar, right? But now it's becoming more legitimate, which to me gives it uh, uh, legitimacy comes mainstream, comes, it pays off later right. on, right? So Coinbase is one of those companies that's here um, from the United States. Um, they've done everything. They've uh, been a big part of working alongside the government to make sure that they maintain that legitimacy. What I love about them is that it's free to just register. You don't have to start investing nothing. But what I love about them is that they do things like if you watch this video, which teaches you about crypto, they give you free That's right. I'm in Coinbase. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if I had to say um, we're a good starting point, okay. I would say Coinbase, um, Trading View, which shows stock and cryptocurrency just to kind of look at fluctuation. Um, also, there's apps, there's news apps. There's, so like um, one that I like to call is called PC. Okay. It's um, a great app because it just constantly refreshes the feed and lets you know what's going on. So basically right now, you know, and, and, and to wrap things up in that area, you mentioned we hit a peak of the CC's Bitcoin from, uh, was it? Right at the beginning. And it was in the 70s, 60s? Almost, yeah, almost 70,000. Almost, almost 70. 70. And now it's dropped back to the 40s. Mm -hmm. And I've watched it kind of remain in this stasis mm -hmm. in the 40s. So what you're saying is it's kind of almost like when you saw it rise and you saw how fast, it was not fast, it was a two-year period, but it rose and you saw there's going to be a use for this in society. So now basically you think this, this kind of stasis that it's been at in the 40s We'll start to climb again as the use and the expansion of it kind of goes global and, and throughout companies in, in the U.S. Absolutely. Um, I've seen people quote, even Bill Gates himself, that they perceive Bitcoin being uh, $1 one day. Um, so what happens is right now you have a lot of people that you're missing out. When they see it going up fast, everybody jumps in and then they see it fall a little, everybody jumps out. Uh, I mean, I have seen, I saw Bitcoin go from uh, six, seven hundred dollars to twenty thousand, back down to three thousand, uh, and then now we're at forty. 
five around there. So now it's kind of like, first of all, it's, it's beyond my wildest dream because even when it was at six hundred dollars, I never thought I'd get two thousand. So even saying that we're at forty six, that's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's been great having you on, Paul, and uh, thank you again. Pleasure. Paul Ward, crypto trader. And the followers, the sites again, that people can go check it out Coinbase. What was the other one? Coinbase Trading View um, is, is a good one. Uh, but there's just do a Google search and you'll find a billion. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you, Rick. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you get notified when we post a new one. Leave us a comment and be sure to share this podcast with your friends. Thank you for breaking it down with me. I'm Brad Montgomery. And join us again next time for The Breakdown.